1: Conte, who is us now in at Tottenham, back in English football today.
2: Is that a Ramona? Brown uh, sauce. Yeah, gone. Busy drinks is gone. Yeah, I, I
3: Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. Got a packed show for you. Going to recap a preseason match against Rangers. Going to talk about expectations as well for the upcoming season. I've got a a big crew here alongside to do it with. We'll start by throwing it out to the Todd father himself. He is at TC underscore show. Todd, what's going on, my friend?
4: You know, you know, any day, Andrew, that uh, you have an undefeated preseason to this point in time is a good fucking day. You can't complain about that. Anytime you're you're holding a preseason trophy is something to talk about and memes to be made and and uh, silly uh, uh, arugula or whatever we're calling them on Twitter to uh, uh, make fun of along the way. It's 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 a good day, my friend.
3: You know how much the games matter. When I did not watch it, I went and played golf instead.
4: <laughs> How'd we you also, shoot, Andrew? Uh,
3: we, 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 I actually had a very nice day on the golf course. I, I played well. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, shot 79. I was happy with it. Played play, played, played, great, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Spurs, so let's keep There going. are
4: people who listen to this podcast that would sacrifice a digit for your golf game keep it
1: moving
3: it's moving in the right direction just like spurs are we hope <laughs> uh we've also got scott on board he is at dsm spurs we're gonna hope that his internet holds out this week scott what's going on man
2: man i was gonna come in normally like with something serious and not try to, to, to be funny and i don't know what to say um <laughs> my internet did have some issues last week we'll hope for better um played a little pickup this morning we'll go with that it was nice good session um one of the fellas had some tottenham shorts on you always have to appreciate that give him a shout he was on the other team but um and i did watch the match yesterday actually so i'll be excited to share some thoughts um they're of course super reactionary and all that but i did watch
3: but that is what we're what we that's what we pay you the big bucks for to be perfectly honest uh we've also got shuban shuban is also on board he is at the real shuban shubis how's it going
1: mate it's kind of right um yeah i also watched the match yesterday because i was bored and wanted to watch anything tottenham so yeah
3: <laughs> that's perfect yeah i i you know i was awake i just was already on like the fourth hole by the time the team kicked off so uh, i was enjoying that time and caroline is also with us at cg stefco the legendary caroline <laughs> what's going on kaz
0: you got me uh yeah i i watched the games <laughs> yes. I'm not sure how much I retained from the game. Um, today, I'm actually enjoying a day without any soccer that is meaningful to me, Yeah, because um, I'm feeling maybe just a smidge burnt out by all the football over the summer. <laughs> <There> <laughs> it's been a crazy been a preseason. It. So,
3: yeah there's, yeah, there's been a lot of it going on. And I, you know, I did watch my local team last night. But other than that, yeah, I've been trying to like anticipate we're going to have a lot of football here in the next handful of months. And I don't want to burn out either. It's a, it's all about pacing yourself. You got to work yourself up to the regular season and be ready for it, but you don't want to burn out too quickly. It's a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. All of those wonderful cliches. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur two Rangers, one a Harry Kane double in the second half gets the job done. Uh, not that results matter because as we always say, these games don't count. Um, but Spurs do lift a trophy and, and, and all is well and fine and dandy. And, um, I guess let's start by throwing it out to, to somebody who watched this match. Uh, let's, let's start with Shuban Shuban, your, your general thoughts on, on Spurs and their, uh, third preseason match to this point.
1: It was good to get minutes into the legs. Um, so there were some takeaways, um, Ryan says, um, there was a couple of times, well, so there were some positive things that I saw. Um, first of all, he there was a pass played to him in the first half, which he didn't want, and he was very vocal to Sonny, which showed confidence in himself, like saying, This is how I want you to play to me. And to say that to Sonny, he was like, You know what I mean? Or oh, MVP or something. And then in the second half, Ken, he had an opportunity to um, to cross, but he took the t- chance to shoot, which again shows confidence in his own ability, kind of thing. He didn't, no, didn't, that didn't come off, but that's a positive thing. I'm trying to think what else really that stood out really. Um, I think for the for the first goal, um, obviously, obviously Harry Kane will get a lot of credit for the goal and stuff like that and it was a great goal but what I liked about it was the fact that that came off a counter to a corner that we had and that was because of Dejan Kuliszewski doing interception, driving the ball forward and those three worked like magic and I think a couple of, I think both goals were off um interceptions or counters but yeah i mean i think the only thing you could say was the fact that we don't seem to be able to break down um what i'll call it you know a low block team because they weren't pressing the way severe were. but um no i've said it just ever since that we said ever since andrew showed me that will ferrell thing i just can't take any friendly seriously yeah (laughs)
3: they're very much not serious games and that's kind of the beauty of it. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. Scotty, I know you had some observations that you wanted to get out after watching this game. You said you, you know, you were up, it was a 7 a.m. Pacific time uh, kickoff and you watched. So what were your thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was nice to see. First of all, the starting lineup was really nice to see because it was, quite reflective of what i think will be our first 11 so you can tell we're getting closer to that right i think you would see davies for sanchez obviously i know davies had a knock yesterday but it was that first 11 with davies for sanchez being the only asterisk um and Kulisevsky, of course um when i say that um emerson Cess as a wingbacks which is interesting right because i do think as much as emerson doesn't seem to be favored in the press he's Starting, you know, with what I assume to be the first 11. So we'll see what's going on. Um, Hoybier and Bentecourt in the middle, which anyone can imagine is, is going to be the most effective pairing. Um, but overall, we played really well, and it was that group that did. So I was happy to see that. Um, but I think my, my three takeaways, and I had some fun with it on Twitter. First and foremost, um, Romero is a fucking baller and is easily the best defender that I've ever seen. He's the best defender in the known universe, as I mentioned. I think we do have to make sure we recognize that there's probably a lot of center backs that are not known in the universe and, and pay respect to that. But in the known universe, he's the best one I've seen. Fucking phenomenal. The The way, all jokes aside, the way that that dude steps and makes tackles in the box, like 99 out of 100 guys are conceding a penalty, but he, he doesn't, right? It's, it's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. His timing
4: yeah. is insane.
2: It's insane, man. I'm, I'm like... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. He will be the best Premier League center back within the next two to three seasons. I really. I feel very strongly about that. Um, he's so good. The the second point um, was that Peh was on a fucking mission yesterday, and anybody who thinks that dude isn't starting is just dead wrong. And he's making sure of that. Um, Max, one hundred percent, just a beast yesterday, and he played almost ninety minutes. Um, you watch that guy, he never stops running. He's got the engine, like he's 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 making damn sure that these midfield signings are not taking time from him, and I love it. Um and Paris it just looked really good. And I and I say that to be more specific, he was just he was very smooth off the wing, and his crosses were just effortless, and he always found a way to get him off, right? Um very it's is. silky,
4: it's silky, yeah. it's the definition of world class. It's like good, like yesterday. Yesterday, it proved to me that that might be the signing of the window. Yeah. like and, and it happened immediately. And just the way that he was into it with Joe Rodon about where he should have been, let me know that, like, hey, listen, I get Conte's system. I want a fucking league doing this. Oh, by yeah. the way, did I mention I want a Champions League with Bayern? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. get your shit together and do what I tell you to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And we need oh, that, too. Oh, by oh, the man. way, you're. I hope
2: you have a good season at Forest. Um yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you come in and you say this is this, I'm in charge now, I'm the new guy, I love that and you're 33 years old, which is probably a huge part of why we signed him right for that presence but but yeah, he's very talented and if I'm Harry Kane, I'm very excited about the balls that I expect to to be flying into my head this season off the wing and um if yeah, we can sure. find a way That's to get part. him playing yeah, if he if he plays on the right side with Sesani on the, on the left side, I think we may see some of that too. I think it'll be super super dangerous and and yeah paris has played really well so those are my three three key takeaways but ultimately i think it all goes back to what i said um a preseason friendly albeit against a team who has a lot of momentum right now they just came off a europa league final berth right and um
4: yeah that's important to say i mean that that it's not like it's not like this is colchester right like no, and,
2: and Rangers look good. I mean, they were fucking playing yesterday. We were
4: down 1-0 at halftime. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, like and we had a bunch of chances and we didn't concede and uh, and we didn't finish them. And yeah. and that's something else that, you know, Conte mentioned in post-game like, you know, his 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 comments were, you know, I'm delighted about what I saw. We had a bunch of chances in the in the first half and like, you know, anytime that you don't, you know, convert those chances, you, uh, you know, I don't have to tell you. He was telling the interviewer that, you know, you you risk not not winning the game. Yeah. He said, you know, ultimately we were tired, but obviously we we're tired because we were working. But, you know, that's one of the things. Like, you got to finish those chances when they're presented to you. So I was happy to see it happen. The other thing uh, that you one, can't go ahead,
1: go ahead, shoes. One thing I was going to say was that they were the, I think the takeaway I had was the players you didn't see. So guys like, um, what do I call it? Troy Parra wasn't there. Um, Harvey White wasn't there, but. Um, Brian Hill was and uh, Pepe Messi was. So I don't know what that, that tells us about who's going That's out in the who isn't. But right. I don't, I mean, as I thought, I don't know, when I looked at Sarr, he looks a lot. I thought he was going to he's actually a really big, quite a frame. The muscle isn't there, but he's a big frame on the lad. And he's only, what, 19? It's a big, solid frame in him. And when I said, the AFCON
4: Young Player of the Year shoots?
1: Uh, yeah. And the other thing, the other thing was, Harry Kane, please stop taking free kicks. That's just not going to happen. He called happen. for
4: it. He <laughs> pleaded for it in two languages.
2: Dude, the other thing that I think I just have to point out really quick, sorry. And I, I almost omitted it because it's like kind of comes off as negative, but from this, from, for the sake of analyzing the game, I think you have to note that Sanchez was flat footed and kind of caught dead on that goal. Um, and I just, I question his confidence a little bit still, right? And anybody who is just ball watching like that is probably just lacking confidence a little bit. And Sessegnon did get beat, but like, I don't know. That was a good play. Cessignon um, did what he could, I think. And, and, and Sanchez was a little flat-footed. So it'll be nice to see Davies and, and Clement Lenglet get some minutes there and not Sanchez, unfortunately. I love Sanchez. He'd be my boy if I knew him, but just a rough game.
0: Well, speaking of confidence, one of my takeaways from the game, which probably seems kind of minor, but I thought that Royale was not looking confident, Um, you know, in the Mm -hmm. games in the, in South Korea, I thought he looked pretty decent. And I think perhaps he's feeling a little bit of pressure from Jed Spence coming in, uh, which (laughs) might seem a little strange since Jed Spence is much younger and uh, you know, obviously it's Royale's spot to lose, but he definitely looked shaky to me. And I thought when Spence came in, you, you know, he he had a few good moments. So yeah. maybe it's not as cut and dry as we think.
4: It's interesting that you bring that up, Cass, um, because other, there was another oh, yeah. thing uh, with Royale where like Sonny like was messing with him and he turned around and got really mad at Sonny and Sonny was surprised at his reaction. So maybe, maybe it's a little, little touchier than normal. Emerson
0: yeah. Royale. Just a little on edge, you know, <laughs> there,
3: there have, there have been rumors in the, in the last few days that he, you know, he may move before the end of the summer window. Um, but, you know, look, to, what, what I say to to Emerson Royale, feeling a little pressure, uh, good, because all these guys, no matter what position they're in, I hope they're feeling pressure by the, by the new signings that are being brought in no matter who it is or where they play. Um, and I hope they're finding their place the, the, the last point I made I, I said I didn't watch the match I did not watch the match live I, I watched little bits here here and there and I watched some highlights the other thing that I thought was really cool was that the the atmosphere was something you guys mentioned earlier that you know Rangers are a good team and they, they really play well Oh, the Ibrox
4: is incredible Andrew. the
3: ibrox was 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 lit I mean I think they had over 40,000 people in there and it was it, it was a real atmosphere similar to what you know, Spurs have faced different things in their first few preseason matches. You know, the first one is against kind of a hodgepodge K League all-star team that obviously was not very talented, uh, or at least not on the level. Um, and then the second I mean, match, they had, was,
4: some, they had some individual players. No, of course, say.
3: of course. But it's when you throw a group like that together for that kind of exhibition, you're going to get a little bit of a mismatch. For um, sure. And then, the, and then the second match against Sevilla was obviously very feisty and very physical. I think Spurs are getting a taste of different things here during this preseason, which I think is a good thing. And to go to, you know, to go over to to Glasgow and play a match like that in that kind of atmosphere is good. And I'll be interested to see what this final preseason match, even though it's, you know, it's going to be played in Israel in what is uh, ostensibly a neutral situation, it's going to be against Roma. Obviously, we all know that <laughs> there's there's a you know. There's a little bit of a history there with the manager uh, and there will certainly be a little, I'm sure there will be things said this week upcoming and in the aftermath of that match that will provide fodder, you know, beyond the actual match on the pitch.
4: Before we, before we move on, I just have to say, because it has to be said, whether you watch the match or you just watch the highlights, those Harry Kane goals are bangers. That guy's getting 30 goals in the league this year, possibly 50 in all competitions. It's going to be fucking bonkers. He's going wild. And yeah, that's a bit extreme. But you know what? Those finishes are silly. They're fucking silly. And they, if that's the Are they the putting way, more than one
3: ball on the pitch? Are they putting more than one ball on the pitch now?
4: Hey, I hey, I don't know where your balls are coming from or where they're going, Andrew. But what I'm talking about is anytime Harry Kane gets an inch of space, he is absolutely putting it in the back of the net this season. And I'm excited to see it.
0: Yeah, and you could tell he was really feeding off the, the atmosphere at the Ibrox Stadium. So I, I think you can tell that he's in a much better place mentally than he was at the beginning of last season, which is a low bar, admittedly. <laughs> um, but the, the last takeaway I had from the game is that Harry Kane's f- uh, free kick goal against the Kaylee team was a fluke, and he is still <laughs> bad at them, and he still needs to be taken off of them. And that is my final word.
3: I think I saw our buddy uh, Nathan Clark from the extra inch predicted he scores at least four direct free kick goals this season in all competitions. And uh, just if you want to have some fun, go, go read the the replies to that. uh, That's a, that's a, that's a bold take from, from, from Nathan A. Clark. Um, And that's, that's very, I don't know. That's very fun. Uh, TC the, there was a little more meaning to, to this match because it was played for a preseason trophy and we can say that it was a preseason trophy, which doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but uh, it, it bears the name of Walter Tull for, for those. And the majority of our, our audience is American and and can confidently say that many have never heard of Walter Toll. Why would that be, Todd?
4: Well, a large reason why is because, uh, you know, he lived and passed away over 100 years ago. So there's a big reason for that. Um, the second part of the reason is because he only played 10 games for Tottenham Hotspur, though he did. Scored two goals in those games. Um, you know he's Dak called him in our chat today the Jackie Robinson uh, of of league football. Um, and, you know he was one of the first three, I believe. Uh, you know, men of, of I believe it's it's mixed race is the the preferred colloquialism at this point in time um, to play in, in the league. Um, played 105 games for Northampton Town. Um, and, and by all accounts, it was uh, his personality of uh, just kind of steely resolve and, and poise, uh, a true stoic gentleman that really made the difference in how he played and who he was as a person uh, and faced the, the, the racial struggles that he faced at those times. Um but probably the most impressive thing about the gentleman is the fact that he was um, the first uh, gentleman uh, of mixed race descent to be uh, a commissioned officer in the British Army. And uh, it, it's pretty special sure.
1: Yeah, he was. Um, so it's just something I didn't actually know about uh, Walter Tull until seven years ago. It's something I learned by accident. And I was like, why do I not know more about this guy? So just to give you context, he was apparently nominated for the Military Cross, which is the second, well, up until 1903, was the second highest military honor the British Army could give you. And he died in 1918. He he, he led many infantry battalions. But the thing that really stood out to me the most was that when he died, his men risked their lives to rescue his dead body. So he could be buried in full military honors. And, what, and, I, and I only know this thanks to Armed Forces Spurs, who I've met a few times at some of the Spurs ladies' matches and other things. And um, apparently they won't have to recover his body. One of the guys that did that, it was actually, was a, um, a lad, I can't remember his name. He was a private at the time. And he um, was a footballer. He went on to become play for Leicester City. So he literally really did not risk his life. He risked, because he could have got maimed, wounded, anything. And that would have killed his or his, or his, his career at the time. For sure. So it's something that I know people like people say, "Oh, Spurs win a trophy." Oh, I said, "You know, you know." I mean, so you know what? You can mock it all you want, but do you know what? Don't mock the name water. Tile. If you're going to if you're going to mock, you know, mock, 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 mock Spurs, all you want? I don't mm. care. People mock Spurs all the time, but don't mock that name water tile because what that guy achieves in what twenty years is more than a, a gazillion internet trolls will achieve in a fucking lifetime. <laughs>
4: I think the best way to put out Shuban is to say that despite the fact that this trophy has previously been contested by football teams of, of various uh, skill levels including Northampton town uh, and you know previous army regiments that Walters hole was a part of um, it, it's simply to say that the name and, and the trophy itself should be viewed with a certain amount of
3: reverence and, and we do that here at the top of the depot Andrew. No question. I think it's really cool. And I think it's something that Spurs and Rangers should get together and do, you know, they have, obviously don't play this every year. Don't play a preseason friendly every year, but um, it's, it's still cool when they do that. They're going to, you know, honor Walter Tull and, and, you know, do that going forward. And, and to Schumann's point, you know, like the fact that even Schumann, being someone who's, who's lived in England, didn't know about this until six, seven years ago. I mean, it's similar to stories that we hear about here in the States. I mean, how many people up until a few years ago did not know about the Tulsa massacre? Um, these are things that are not properly taught, but should have been for many, many years. And we all know the reasons for that. So I just think it's really cool that we're all getting a little bit of, of an education and, and, a, and a broadened perspective uh, on this type of thing. And, and we appreciate the, you know, the the lesson of it all. Uh, let's shift gears guys. This, you know, the, the, the Rangers friendlies in the rear view, like I said, one friendly to go, um, against Roma and then the season starts. I mean, I, I blinked the other day and realized like, oh, we, we have really gotten through this preseason. We're nearly to the end of it. Now the season starts in under two weeks. Um, but there have been, you know, something from last summer has, has, has resurfaced in the last few days. And those are rumors about Harry Kane's future. Um, Caroline, we're going to start with you on this, as you know, because the rumors <laughs> this time are that uh, Harry Kane could be off to Bayern Munich, which is another team that you support, as, uh, for, for those of you who didn't know, for listeners who didn't know. So, uh, look, some, some words were exchanged, I guess, through the media from the managers. I, I think we can all kind of just brush this whole thing aside and know that Harry Kane's not going anywhere this summer. Um, but it is also important to note that his future is still in doubt because he doesn't have a new contract.
0: Yeah, since I knew we were going to be talking about this, I was thinking about why these links were even coming about. And I think it's honestly because Kane was so often um, spoken about uh, in comparison to Lewandowski, who obviously is the gaping hole in Byron's front line right now. So it makes sense from that perspective that, you know, journalists have been asking Nagelsmann about Harry Kane in sort of a speculative manner. Um, But I think it's kind of silly that people are taking it like way out of context and blowing it up into like, oh, this is a real transfer link. It's not (laughs) like I think Nagelsmann especially understands that there's no chance of him leaving Tottenham this summer for sure. Um, But in typical pragmatic German fashion. And he wasn't going to rule it out for the future, which is fine. Um, so I think it's also silly that Conte was then, you know, asked about Nogglesman's comments and it just becomes this whole silly media cycle. So
3: <laughs> it's a it's a it's, pissing it's match fine. Harry
0: sting, but yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. So I've got a kind of a different take on that. And what I think it is is that it's no um, <laughs> first off, it's no surprise that Tottenham are trying to sign Harry Kane to a new contract. Okay. And it's also no secret that um one of the ways that agents influence negotiations is through the media, i.e. asking a certain journalist to ask a certain manager a certain question about a certain client so that they can then print a story about a, a certain player. And then we spend the entire next week in the offseason making, you know, conjectures about the inferences that were possible from that potential question that was answered in a very benign fashion and then turned into a story of maybes.
3: Todd, are you trying to tell me that Charlie Keene has friends in German media?
4: No, what I'm saying is that if you look at that question, it would not shock me if it was asked by an English journalist.
3: So you, you, before the show, you, you wanted my take on this, but you wanted me to hold it because you wanted live reaction. Um, Uh I, I, I think it's completely fine for journalists to ask these questions, even if they are just trying to get a story. That's, by the way, their job. These are for profit industries. They have to sell papers and get clicks and all of those things. What's funny to me, though, is that if, if, if Nogglesman didn't want reaction and if Conte doesn't want reaction, they can just say no comment. You know, Nogglesman could have easily said, uh, Harry Kane's not an option for us this summer. Like he could have said that if he knows that, but he I mean he,
4: he kind of did he it in a to, German way, Andrew.
3: Okay, but he wants to fan flames and Conte wants to fan flame. These all all these guys want to fan flames. Everybody's fanning each other's flames.
0: Can I also just point out <laughs> that Byron has had a really rough summer transfer window-wise? So yeah, anything are. to distract from the like actual issues <laughs> was probably, you know, perfectly fine with Nogglesman. He's like, sure, I'll I'll stir some shit up. <laughs> I just I am you not can, going to be wrong to blame, blame the
1: media. You signed to Lix and um, how was that? Um, yeah, we did, but, but
0: we uh, kind of lost the guy that should have been the Ballon d'Or winner last year, so it's a bit <laughs> of an issue.
4: <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, um, we have the guy that should have been the Ballon door winner two years ago, so you know, that's what it is.
3: Um, I'm just not going to fault these reporters for fanning flames that's what well, that's what they have to do
0: and i think you're right i just think uh fans as a whole are becoming more savvy about it so they also shouldn't be surprised when fans are like annoyed <laughs>
2: how much money do they got byron
0: <laughs> <laughs> Scott's that, ready to sell him. that is what? the no pun intended million dollar question i would I'll love to know i yeah, will me- never know
3: <laughs> <Scott's ready. laughs> Very secretive. let's
2: not forget that guy tried to leave tottenham 12 months, <laughs> I know things feel good, but let's we, also not know.
3: let's also not forget that Scott was ready to push him off the building at the end of hey, last summer. You know what? So he's
2: got to be held to account, and so so assessor. let me let me ask
4: when are, when does this conversation get to end when he's when he's got a trophy on the other side of Hugo? Hey, he shouldn't have done what he did, man. I'm, <laughs> no, no, he I'm he just asking. I'm just asking a question, like like what when do you when do you give him forgiveness?
2: When what he morning? gets the tat badge tattooed. You want Harry Kane to
3: get a tattoo. Yeah, he's got to get. Would, he's, I get, He's got to get on Scott's level.
2: I wouldn't force a move to move the city if I played for Tottenham. I fucking respect this club. All right, I'm just kidding. I love Harry Kane. Let's. I'll stop.
3: But no, but, I don't. No, I want you to keep this bit going.
2: But <laughs> yeah, you. How do. much money
3: does Bayern Munich have? That's what I like. To know. Not enough. Well, listen, it I'll tell you when the conversation No, cuz they're
4: time. getting paid by installments in fucking color televisions from Barcelona. Like, come on, man.
3: <laughs> yes, but I'll tell you when this conversation ends and that's when the contract stuff kind of gets resolved and that's not resolved as of yet. Just like it's not resolved with, you know, with with the manager. I mean, the, the this and this is kind of it kind of dovetails into the next portion of our conversation. Uh, because I think we can all put to bed the fact that Harry Kane's not going anywhere this summer and beyond that, TBD, right? Yeah, um
2: signed him to a five-year deal. I just want it on the record. I
4: love him. <laughs> no, 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 but I think that this is absolutely t- I think Kane and Fonte are tied. I want to put that very, very clear. I, I, think,
3: I completely agree with you.
4: I think if we have enough success, I don't know when it's going to happen, though. The timing is the part where like, you know, saying anything much more here is tough for me because I don't know. But what I'm saying is that I think if we're if we've shown enough success at a certain point in time in the season it wouldn't surprise me if we hear an announcement of Antonio Conte and Harry Kane both signing a two-year contract extension. That wouldn't shock me at all.
3: Yeah. No, I I I don't think it would shock anyone and I think it would be honestly I think it would be preferred. Um I wanted to I wanted to kind of bring to light a conversation about expectations though because caroline you shared a tweet in our group chat that was it was really a thread and it's a lot to get into but you felt it was negative do you want to do you want to do you want to enlighten us at least a little bit into uh where this came from and and where this idea came from of, of because there has been a little within the fan base there has been a little bit of negativity over the last few weeks about this window and going into this season I personally think that it's centered around the fact that there's so much pressure on this season, not that this has been a bad window, but you take it away. Tell, tell us, tell us where you're at on all of this.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, name check the person that wrote the thread cause I'm not about to do that to him. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it just got me thinking that, like you said, we, I think earlier in the summer, everyone was feeling very positive about how the window was going And of course, now that the signings have started to slow to a trickle, um, the old typical Spurs negativity is coming back out. And I think it's just a little too much too soon. Um, Because for one thing, I think we've had a fabulous window already. And even if we didn't sign another player, I still think we're in a good position to be competitive, especially if you look at what's going on at Chelsea, which we don't have to get into. um, But it's a whole mess over there. And I I think I just want the fandom as a whole to have a little more perspective because I keep seeing, you know, all the sort of like doomsday kind of predictions that we were seeing, you know, mid-last season about Conte's gonna leave. You know, it's just this constant panic of Conte's gonna leave, Kane's gonna leave us next summer, everything's falling apart. And it's like, okay, slow down.
1: <laughs> the well, season
0: literally hasn't started yet. I think it's I don't want our goal for the season to be keeping Conte and Kane like they're hugely important. And of course, that's what you want. But I don't think that should be like what's foremost in our mind. Do you know what I mean? I just think that's a pessimistic way to go about approaching the season.
4: Um,
3: I don't disagree with that,
4: uh, but I also think I, they- I, I,
3: I do to an extent.
4: Okay, well, the one thing that the one point that I do want to make before I toss it to you for a full disagreement is the fact that you have to understand the level of PTSD that a lot of Tottenham fans have when it comes to how many L's we have taken over the years and how many times we've seen that player that we love, like a family member, walk out the door and hold up somebody else's shirt. And the thing is, is that for a lot of Tottenham fans they are just waiting for the other shoe to drop because that's the way that, that it's been as Tottenham fans. And I, I think that,
0: and I and I hear you.
4: But content but is why where can I'm can
0: we not be happy? <laughs>
4: see, I agree, and, and see, the, what I would say is it's a mentality shift that's been needed, and I feel like it's a mentality shift that's been made. Um, a lot of things have had to come to this point of culmination. That a lot of things has you know, been delayed by uh, COVID and the stadium and yada yada yada, and Daniel Levy being Daniel Levy, and like we get it. But I think we're here, Andrew. And so I'm curious how your disagreement plays into that.
3: Well, like I said, it's a slight disagreement in that I think that in order to maintain something and maintain this mindset that we want to have, this mindset of positivity and and not moaning about every little thing, um, I think you have to be able to maintain beyond one season. We can all think about this season and how important it is and, and how important we want it to be. Um, and I do think all of those things are very true, but you have to be able to maintain it beyond this. And I know that when Antonio Conte signed, we all probably thought it was a pretty short term thing. And thus far, you know, it it has not been long term enough to not call it short term. And if we go into this season and go into it as a, you know, I hate, I I, I hate that I'm about to use this phrase, but (laughs) as an all or nothing type of season, if we, if we look at it in that way that could do real damage if we come up on the nothing side. Because okay, well then beyond beyond this season, if you come up on the nothing side, what else is there? Because you could see a lot of things start to crumble. A lot of the foundation that you're trying to build, you could see a lot of that stuff start to crumble. So I think that for me, it's not so much about looking at this as an all or nothing season. It's just looking at it uh, as, as an important, it's a very crucial, important, pressure-packed season. And well, I don't think of, there's anything wrong with acknowledging that.
4: It, there's not. And I agree with that. Shubes likes to say sliding doors moments. And I think mm-hmm. that this is very much a sliding doors season. And I, I think that, um, you know, what we do and how we do it early on uh, is going to play a big role in what happens with Harry Kane and what happens with Antonio Conte. But make no mistake, Paratici is here for the long term. That man has a project and a plan, and he's got his shit together. And you don't buy Jed Spence and pair him with Ryan Sessignon, who has been friends and wing partners with since he was twelve years old and some shit. Because you're not paying attention to to the long term.
3: I right, especially I get when all you already
4: that. have two people in his position, Kaz.
0: Yeah, I, I hear no. I hear y'all on all this. I guess my viewpoint here is just we literally haven't played a single game yet this season that actually counts so let's just take a breath and everybody put things in perspective and i think also just take a chance to celebrate the progress that the club does appear to be making already um in terms of like how we do transfer business you know has sort of transformed the club in that aspect so mm-hmm. i think it's good to to just have a healthy perspective that's all i'm saying <laughs>
1: From a fan's perspective, does, does such a thing even exist?
0: <laughs> I mean, probably not in sports most of the time, but you know. Well, I, I try.
4: I, I think Andrew, that leads nicely into to to your next point here when, when it comes to expectations. I guess.
3: Well, I but before we even get to expectations, like you're you're talking about, you think like, and you're right. Paratis is here for the long haul. We all we all know that the plan and everything is on the upward trajectory. I just know that. Paratici is not the one banging in 25 in the league and like you want 50 in all comps. If this season turns up at nothing instead of all, um to keep going back to a, a really, really bad phrase that I want to get out of my own lexicon, I think you could see the crumbling of between Kane and Conte. And that is what makes that is what makes fans nervous, is all. That's what, what? That's where the old mindset creeps back in. And I'm not saying that they're right for doing that, but I'm also not saying that they're totally wrong.
4: No, listen. I mean, if you want to take a a long, hard look at the negative possibilities of potential situations that are somewhere in the vicinity of 9 to 12 months away, you're more than happy to do so. What I'm going to do instead is is focus on the fact that um, we've got a world-class pairing uh, of, of Sun and Kane Uh, for as long as we have it, and I'm going to be thankful as shit. Oh, by the way, we have Antonio Conte as our manager and one of his homies as a front office gangster. Um, And we all of a sudden have kind of the best infrastructure in English football, if you're really looking at it, out of nowhere. And, like, it's not out of nowhere if you're a long-suffering 14 years without a trophy Tottenham fan, right? And you know, one trophy in twenty-three seasons is tough to defend. When you're 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 talking to uh, asparagus on Twitter or whatever it is we're calling them, <laughs> right? Like, I'm um, I'm I'm saying, guys, like things need to happen this season, Andrew. Um, and if they don't, we're going to be in an all-too-familiar position of like, what now?
3: What As next? Fans,
4: right. What and now, I right? Think- how do we pick up the pieces and, and soldier on? As Tottenham fans. And I think that, the, that those familiar wounds and the ability for them to open back up are the types of things that Tottenham fans are, some Tottenham fans are focusing on Cass and which is why we can't have nice things because it's happened <laughs> a lot and it, it's happened a lot recently. And there's been a lot more times where a son's been sitting on the pitch crying in a cup final than there has been, uh, you know, uh, Ledley King and Robbie Keane, uh, you know, shaking that fucking, Tiny tin pot for all it was worth, right?
1: So for me, it was just like I remember being at um, was it Wembley? I think I can't remember where I think Southampton, and we were checking about. I think Chelsea lost to Huddersfield, and that, that was them at that was Champions League. This was back in twenty eighteen or something. And Liverpool basically they they lost the Champions League final, and they just about made fourth. But they made two brilliant signings, and obviously they went on to have the success they've been having for the last three years. We haven't made those two bench but we did do. I think we spoke about it a, lot, a lot last season. We looked at the bench. I didn't see anyone there. I didn't see none of us saw anyone there. We have invested in a deep bench, which is what we need. With because obviously COVID didn't exist then; it exists now. The Qatar World Cup, which obviously is a complication in itself. And you know, I look at that thing and said, "Look, there things we can do." Yeah, but I think right now. And I remember when obviously when we did the Magnus seven back in twenty thirteen and but we you knew that the shoe the other shoe was gonna drop that bail was gonna go. So you knew that yes we signed all these players, but you knew there was a sting on the tail. I I mean there could be a thing on the tail, but it's not so obvious to me. I mean, yes, obviously houses is buying will get, you know, probably get Harry Kane and I'll hate them even more than I already do. But apart <laughs> from that, no, it's just yeah, you know, I just there aren't for me, there isn't that oh my god, you know, that, that regret in the morning or something from from you know from that from the party the night before. I just think <laughs> where we're at now is probably the best that I can imagine us being. I think honestly since for me, since twenty ten when we got the Champions League and this is and we, we weren't even here. We, we hadn't even signed Rafa van der Vaart. we hadn't signed Sandro, we hadn't made all those signings. We've done this. And like, I will give Daniel Levy a lot of share, and I still think he deserves a lot of share. But I've always said, look, don't let perfect get in the, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. We have made we've done a good, good decent window. We've made, we've done good things. Have they been perfect? God no, nothing's perfect. You know, oh. apart from Kaz and, and, and her lovely pod, by the way. Which I legendary, sure.
4: legendary doesn't do it justice. Um, but what I would say is that <laughs> that we fortified it, Andrew we fortified and there's a lot to be positive about for the long term with those fortifications. And yeah. so I can understand how like a sky is falling, um, kind of mantra or, or, concern or, or focus at this stage of the summer when a meaningful ball has yet to be kicked, um, and everybody's still healthy and it's, you know, everybody's, you know, equal on the, on the table at the moment, like calm the fuck down. What are we talking about?
0: Yeah, the sky is not falling. It's looking clear and blue and very inviting.
2: Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> like the fact that anyone would be unhappy with the window, I don't I can't even wrap my head around why that would be. Um, right. <laughs> I, honestly, God, it's really it's that's weird. Um we we have signed the best wing back in serie A last year. We have signed probably the best center mid in the Premier League, despite some concerns around the signing, right? He's very talented. Um, we have signed a very talented center back who plays for Barcelona, right? Um, a French international. Yes, thank you. Like the and and Jed Spence, which you know I, I'm not going to you know conjecture too much on that because we'll, we'll championship
4: see. team of the year last year.
2: Yeah, he's a great player. I mean, on was too, and it took him some time. So I want to make sure that we're that we're smart with this, right? But he's a good player. Um, but but ultimately, like I was here for the. For the uh, the bail money, right, and that was fun. Um, we just got a new signing every day, and it was like a FIFA player that I, like, remember, like the video game shit. You know, I, basically we went out and bought everybody that FIFA said it was going to be good. Like I really think that was our strategy. <laughs> um, and Marigny, that's how you that's how you end up with like Kesher,
4: whoever yeah, came yeah. that <laughs> summer. My
2: guy Barini was just buying whoever. He just felt like buying that morning. But this year <laughs> we have taken a similar approach. And bought world class talent. Shit, Richarlison, Brazil's center forward. Like fuck me, and the guy doesn't even start. Like this, this window is massive, monumental, all of the above. Yeah, like, it's insane. Up, it's insane. Yeah, you're, you're. I'm sure you're a cool person. Person complaining on Twitter, but like, just you got to stop doing that. It's not. a good yeah, Shoops, can you remember
4: a better window than this? And, and obviously the Magnificent Seven is is, is one thing, but the, the only two that actually made good out of those yeah, are Erickson I, and, and Lamella, I guess.
1: 2015, 2015. We talked about Delhi came in, Delhi, Delhi 15, Delhi, uh, Toby. I remember it was like the admin was exhausted because <laughs> it was like because it was like everything like we started going to a new stadium, the NFL, and and, and like we signed Toby and as I'm sorry. I'm really back at that, guys. But look, like, I just think you know what? I maybe this is my age, or something. I don't get involved in this Twitter spats so like, oh, my our chance winner is better than your chance window. Our friendly results are better than your friendly results. I don't give a shit. I really don't care. I, I'm sorry. Mrs. is Andrew sent me that picture of Will Ferrell saying this counts for nothing or this mega game is nothing. I just can't take it seriously. And I- it's just a case of it's just case of you know what? People will always look to start a fight on Twitter that isn't even there i mean so i don't think i mind to it i'm sorry it's just,
3: it's just not so so I mean. so, so I'll, I'll i'll pull the 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 curtain back a little here or at least the zoom lens back i don't think we're this thread that we reference and haven't even name checked because we don't want to to cause any alarm like i, I there was a lot of reasonableness in this too this is not just a, an egg and not just a, a, a twitter fight either um there was a lot of reasonable take too and 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 the part of it i'll pull is is the summary Uh, We should be happy with business so far, but also mindful of what a, what a high pressure season this is for the future of Tottenham Hotspur. It's valid to be happy, but concerned with what's needed based on the goal and how far away we are, not to mention what's at stake. That's where I'm at because nobody's saying this has been an awful window. Nobody's saying that, you know, I, I think people are saying that there are parts of it that could be better. And there's little elements of this team that you would like to see improved upon. But here's the other thing. They're going to go out and they're going to play a season. So we'll be able to react to that as it goes along. And I think that's really important. Um, The part of this that I I do want to dive into a little bit with you guys, though, is kind of what we expect from that. Because if I sat here and told you that my baseline expectations, like what I want at a minimum for this season to be considered a success, is top four, once again, because you can't fall below that you you don't you want to either go up or or maintain that level uh it's a domestic cup either the FA Cup or League Cup I think one of those should be a priority um and it's making the knockouts of the Champions League at least getting out of your group for me I know that might sound like a little bit of a low bar in that competition but that's where I'm at if we can do those four things or those three things really um it within the four competitions that's kind of where i'm at at a baseline is anyone raising that higher is anyone saying you your your minimum expectations are higher than that caroline
0: well i would just say top three because as i alluded to i think chelsea are going to be super vulnerable this season uh so if we are below third i'll be disappointed and i think i agree with you that at least one cup is doable. I think probably the League Cup we seem to have had better success in, and you know recent seasons maybe just a quirk of when it happens in the schedule. Um, but I think that's definitely one we should be targeting, and at least getting to the knockout stage of Champions League, if not further.
4: Oh, I want a quarterfinal appearance in the Champions League. Like, it's, if you look at where the money comes in from being in the Champions League, like when you go from whatever to the quarterfinals, it jumps up like exponentially.
3: So, so you're talking like, about I, winning one of the knockout rounds, which I can appreciate. You're talking about getting yeah. one level further than we are, yeah. which I got. Yeah, yeah. And
4: and that's and that's exactly why. So I, I look at that and I go top three and, and I want an FA Cup so bad <laughs> just because I want to see lily white and blue streamers. On that fucking Emirates trophy, and <laughs> I, I want it so very, very bad. um But it for me, it's it. If we're gonna push anywhere, I want. I really, I really want it to be the league, Andrew. I really, I really wanted to. I want to step on some fucking next this season. I really do.
3: So I agree with you, but I, I don't know. If the gap has been closed enough with the top two. What's it going to take?
4: I think. I think that's an important question. What's it gonna take?
2: Well, to close the gap so in your mind. I'm 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 I'll jump in quick because my my answer to this question is second place. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say second place in the league and a quarterfinal berth of every couple right. I'll see that as super successful. And the reason I say this is if we I look at Liverpool, City's winning the league. I'll fucking just say it a hundred times, right? They're too, they're just too good, but if you you mean even league with
3: league. all the with all the talent they lost to teams like Chelsea and Arsenal, they're still going to win the league? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and we, we could beat players. them twice. I'm I just mean, saying.
3: We, we did.
2: <laughs> and, 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 and do I say we can split points? It if, if may be better with City for sure. City will win the league though. But I look at Liverpool. Mane's off. Salah is getting older he will compete for the golden boot he's talented i'm not stupid right but he and and who knows on Darwin Nunez he's very talented he's never played in the premier league right midfield has stagnated a little bit i don't see them bringing anybody in Carvalho i don't even know where this guy plays um and the backline is is susceptible right like i they're going to get top 4 but liverpool is is there for the taking um i think if we get second place and get a quarterfinal berth and everything we're in the board looks at content and says holy shit you just got second place like here's a little bit more like go after city now right um we and and of course we're never going to be able to keep up with them financially but i do think with content what's happening right now we can get ourselves competitive with city right um and yeah so i think if it, that i say all of this Looking towards Conte's second full season with the club, right, and and if we if we can do enough to get the board to say, holy shit, we were close, like let's fucking go and see what happens, right? I think then we can go for a league league push in two seasons, and uh, you know, European title is whatever. Like, I want a fucking Premier League title badly. Like, I I will hang a much heavier hat on a Premier League title than I would on a Champions League trophy, and and you know, that's a very much a subjective matter. That's of a it is right. It's a very subjective matter of opinion statement. I just said that, but but ultimately, I I consider it the 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 strongest, most talented league in the world, and I want to fucking win it. I don't care. Like anybody can go on a run and win the Champions League, right? We fucking almost won it with Winks and Sissoko, for God's sakes. I love Sissoko, but my God, man, like I want I want a fucking Premier League title because it's really hard to do it for thirty eight games,
1: right? If you look at the I fully, quality,
3: I fully agree with you, Scott. I think the Premier League is definitely the, the creme de la creme of what you want to go after. And I okay. I do think that if they get another I don't like I said, I don't think they're winning it this year either. But if they get another push from this from this season into next, why the hell not? Why couldn't you go push for it?
1: Mm-hmm. You know what his thing? So
3: what is it but what does that look like?
4: That's what I'm saying. Like, what? They fortified in all no these places, point. right? Like, they this window's not over. There's still 40 days approximately left of this window. Is there more that they could do to go from where you are right now yeah. to more on our side of the table, Andrew, where, like, this season looks like a legitimate opportunity for us to make a push? I think Chelsea are a fucking shambles, P.S. Uh, they're their clown show of a coach who lucked into a Champions League himself – Literally stood there on the podium yesterday and says, honestly, I got a lot of people in my locker room that want to leave. So they're not really paying attention to what the fuck's going on. Like, uh, shambles. Let's. This is the year. This is the year. Kane's talking about there's a special feeling around the locker Well,
3: look, Todd, this is. This goes back to the original. This goes back to the original point, though, because this is why it's such a pressure cooker of a season. If you're saying, what does it look like in another year or two? I agree with you. That's why there's so much pressure on this season, and none of us fully believe in our heart of hearts that Spurs are going to go out and win the league this year. We're not saying it can't happen, but if we were, if we were placing a bet on it, we don't really believe it could happen. So this is why the pressure of this season to do something is so right. high. Well, it's I'm just asking, me. what more could they do in this offseason,
4: Andrew? To make it- I don't
3: I don't think there is anything because you, because no. the players that they would need to add are either not available. Or not well, in the not in the realm of possibility see, from a price.
2: Point. It's that, and also like you have to you have to build and progress this steadily too. Like, yeah, you can't just like <laughs> throw everything at once, right? Like now, well, Grant, I, could we do something they basically a, a warm up to Conte? They got
4: they, they, they got a half season warm up to what this was going to be, and they took full advantage of
2: it. Yeah, but and you 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 had, you had well, players like Matt Doherty shine yeah, under a guy and, like and Davis. To, to that and Davis. Trust me, I don't want to argue over this because I'd love for us to go win the Premier League, and I'd love to be on your side of this. But when I look at Jocelyn Salo and Kyle Walker versus our wingbacks, and Perisic is going to be good, right? But I'm just saying like – Not
4: good, bro. World class. We started is, the podcast saying that. Well, they they he's look- going to need to be in order for this to they, go the way we oh, yes. want it. That's right. Well, That's he's okay. also 33, so we don't, get a couple of, we don't get
2: more than a couple of swings at it with this guy hundred percent, but I'm just saying like when I look at when, if, if I just want to go apples to apples with city who I would say gets first, if we get second, right. We've got work to do. Our backline is not comparable to theirs. Right. Um, and a, 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 again, I love Ben Davies, but he wouldn't start for city. So like we, we've got, we've got a little bit of work to do, but do I think we can go get second place and do I think we could fucking make a push this year and do, and do something crazy for sure. I mean, we're, it's not like we're incapable of making a run this year. I just think like, a strong second place finish above Liverpool and Chelsea is is a lot to really give us the chance to actually compete with city and not just like go on a magic run but see, right. I fucking heard that but I heard that before under fucking Pochettino bro I'm just I, I can't
4: with that I, I just don't have the capacity for second to be good enough at this stage of the game. I don't think Conte does either and that's the point I'm trying to make Andrew is that I don't look around that locker room and say, hey we're, we're planning to be really good next season. Like, they're over there breaking their necks, doing 42 lengths, trying to win. Trying to I win don't, now.
0: I don't think anyone in the locker room is saying that, though. I think they're ready to go this season.
4: That's what I'm saying.
0: Like, uh, it, it uh, would not surprise me if we pulled off, you know, what we think is the unthinkable.
2: Yeah, we could do, it. and we still have a
0: January window to make tweaks later in the season too. Which we've we have also have forty, we also have
4: forty at. more days, forty more days of this window, Cas. And so that's what I'm asking, and I guess in in, in that hasn't really been answered yet is what more can we do in this window? Do you need James Madison? Do you need Bestoni? Like, what so, what do you need? Again, I
3: don't know, I don't know that I don't know that there's something specific in the window that can be done in order to get you to a place because obviously. Yeah and the, and and here's here's the cliche of all clichés these games aren't played during the window they're played during the season what has to happen in my mind for spurs to to jump that level is not only do they have to perform like they did last season against teams like manchester city and liverpool and getting points off of them or shit doing the double off the champions like they did they've got to do those types of things but they also have to avoid the draw to brighton or the loss to southampton or the you know those lost to Wolves. Like they can't they can't go and get 1 point out of 6 off of Southampton like they did last season and expect to to, to be in the mix for these types of things. They've got to cut that shit because you well, I to think be, that's what
4: like, these pre are all about, Andrew. I think so too. I think too. that's where you put in the work now. But, but, show, but so. that's
3: something that over the, ha- the last handful of seasons Spurs have not been able to do. They 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 will they, perform really good against the good teams and we all have those glorious nights. And we all have fun with that, but then they'll have a stinker on the weekend, uh, you know, at also, or, uh, so, or something, and and that's that's where the shit goes. You know, that's that's where the shit goes stale for them. Also,
4: also the had a lot of nachos in the lodge, shoes.
1: His <laughs> <laughs> thing for me, I don't need to think it would be a three horse race. I think we are very much dark horses in this three horse race, mm-hmm. but um, why not? I mean, ultimately. I think Liverpool are. We don't know. What, I mean, I personally. I mean, so, so so there's one. There's a Goonamay of mine. It he, honestly, he, he looks like he had vinegar in his mouth because he said, "You know what? I reckon you guys can do it if Liverpool and City don't do it." And and I think Liverpool. I think has Bayern have got an absolute baller in Mane, and honestly, I think Mane is going to be a huge difference. I think you know, I think they're going to miss him the most. I mean. And if I look at, say, um, what shall I call it? City, they've lost Fernandinho. I remember when I asked, because um, obviously Kaz is sports Germany, I asked about Gondogan. Is it someone to look at? And he goes, no, I think he's on the downhill. Their midfield is, so, you know, we, I think we are as po- best poised as we've ever been. And you know what? To be in the mix, last time last year, we were in the mix for nothing. You know, we weren't optimistic, we weren't hoping for anything. I'm looking forward to this season. I have to be fair, I, I was looking forward to the 2019 2020 season, but we saw we all know that ended. But I'm actually looking forward to this season. I have positivity and it's nice to have that. I'm going to try it. I,
0: I agree, Shubhan. And I think the last point I would want to make is that I feel like Spurs have the momentum with them and City and Liverpool, they've been at this top level for several seasons now. And it's just, I mean, maybe with city's money, it's sustainable for them. It
4: is. That's the difference
0: for Liverpool. I think, you know, it's not going to last forever for them. So,
4: well, I think for the first time in a long time, Liverpool haven't fortified in the way that they have previously. And just, you know, and I'm, I can't even count their signings because they're not my club and fuck those guys. But they've done a really good job of making sure that over the years that they've had a, a very smooth transition from success and, and successful player to successful player and, and having those players fit the system and fit the need that they had. They needed a goalkeeper, they went and got one. They needed a center back, they got Van Dyke, et cetera, et cetera. Then win titles, that's how you do it. I feel we've done very similar things. Um, and I'm just curious. I, I feel like, first off, I feel like, A, is not done yet. And, B, I feel like everybody in that locker room is looking at the situation, Andrew, and saying, you know, no expectations. Everybody's just kind of loose and just kind of going out there and doing their thing. They want blood, man. It's happening this year.
3: And we've got another week to talk about it before it really kicks off in interest. Like I said, this thing is like barreling down the tracks to the start of a season uh, on August 6th. And we've got, you know, like I said, less than two weeks before it really ramps up and gets going. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, There's one more preseason match. That is, I hope they play the kids, Andrew. I hope they play the kids. I hope so too. Just because I, I don't know what's uh, I don't know what to expect uh, from a Jose Mourinho coach team against Spurs. You know that he's going to be some kind of vindictive and and some kind of pissy um, after the way that it went in North London for him. I I don't know. I, Who scheduled me,
0: this game? Yeah, I just have gives, to ask. Like, why? It gives me the
3: heebie It makes me a little uh, queasy. But um, we do have that one next Saturday, which we'll be able to talk about. And then uh, next next Sunday's pod is going to be a lot of looking to the start of the season and and predictions and, and and the like so um get us yours follow us at tottenham depot on the socials that's where you find us find us on instagram twitter and tiktok um leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app of choice as well and and we'll be here to to, to lead you into this i'm i'm excited too guys i'm not trying to to, to downplay or uh you know Throw throw cold water on on what's going to be a fun season. I'm just saying it's going to be a fun season partially because it's going to be such a pressure packed season, and because we're going to be on uh, a lot of edges of a lot of seats uh, watching these matches because they're all extremely important for this club. And the other the other point to make, and this is where I'll leave it. This is going to be a more this is going to be very similar to the NBA bubble season a few years ago. It's going to be the, uh, it's going to be a unique season in that we've never seen a world cup in the middle of a season like this before. So all of that is going to be, it's just going to throw more wrenches uh, into the fold and it's, it's going to make it, it's going to make it fun. Let's just put it that way. It's going to make it fun and, and exciting. And we're, we're happy to have you all along for the ride here at the Tottenham Depot Uh, on the socials. Caroline is at CG Stefco. Shuban is at the real Shuban. Todd is at TC underscore show and Scott is at DSM Spurs. I can be followed at a and more importantly, follow the Tottenham Depot at Tottenham Depot on your socials. Tell Uh, your friends, tell your friends rating review on your podcast app of choice, spread the word until next weekend. When we're back with you, this has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. And as always come on you Spurs.
4: Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And as always, come on you Spurs.